Christian version of that song someday. Okay. Apologetics. Anybody ever heard the band Apologetics? They take popular songs and they add Christian lyrics to them. high school, I went to a National Christian Youth Congress in Estes Park, Colorado, and they had all kinds of classes for us to go to, and one of the classes was on, well, music, and uh, that's one of the things they told us, like, we had to listen to secular music then, change the words, so, I, uh, I was, uh, when I was in about the same age, I was showing my pastor the latest Van Halen album that I had just bought. 5150, the first uh, Van Halen album with Sammy Hagar, if any of you are back in that uh, time frame. And, and I was liking Sammy Hagar way better than David Lee Roth. And I was just talking to my pastor about it, and he's like, you know, you shouldn't be listening to that stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And he challenged me to listen to Christian music for a month said I would feel physically better. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, right. So I took him up on it. And of course, he was right. Yeah. I did feel physically better. And after that, I did not buy any more secular music until I got to be my age. And now I do it for reminiscence. But, <laughs> but I'm not backsliding. I don't think, anyway. And maybe you've seen that meme uh, from The Princess Bride. Anybody seen the movie The Princess Bride? Um, and uh, just reminded of this uh, on this particular day because you have the uh, one-hour time change. And you got the, guy, the, the six-fingered man who takes the, our hero into the dungeon and starts sucking the life out of him. You remember that life-sucking machine? And so... We have a question. This is from a meme, but we have a question for you this morning. We've just sucked one hour of your life away. How do you feel? Feel good. Feel good. Amen. All right, let's stand up. Praise the Lord this morning. With the Lord, we have eternity. Lord, we thank you that we have eternity. You can't suck an hour away from our lives. We are going to live forever with you. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. He has overcome, yes. He has overcome, we will not be shaken, we will not be moved, Jesus you are here, 
God is fighting for us. God is on our side. He has overcome, yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. Carrying our burdens, covering our shame. He has overcome, yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me. And I am free in Jesus' name. Carrying our burdens, covering our shame. He has overcome us, He has overcome. We will not be shaken, we will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me. And I am free in Jesus' name. I will live, I will not die. I will declare and lift you high. Christ revealed. And I am healed in Jesus' Pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. I will live, I will not die, the resurrection power of Christ alive in me, and I am free in Jesus' name. I will live, I will not die, I will declare. Christ revealed, and I am here in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in 
There you go. That's all the energy I had right there. I'm just teasing. Uh, that's our Van Halen right there. Amen. Ah, <laughs> uh, welcome, Nexus Church. Good to see you all this morning. I'm I'm now warmed up. We're good to go. Uh, we just have a couple announcements before we let the Extreme Kids Nursery and Preschool go. Uh, this upcoming. Uh, Monday, March 16th, it's just like a week away, we're going to be having our Nexus uh, night at the hop. So if you like what you get here on a Sunday morning and three or four songs is not enough, uh, you get a whole two hours of that on a Monday night that we'll be having that. So just to give you a quick heads up on that. Uh, we also have a video. If you could play that video, uh, Marshall, that would be awesome. This is our Equip Conference happening April 24th and 25th. and not be afraid and not be ashamed and we are encouraging and strengthening one another this is what needs to happen in the bride of christ but it's only going to happen if there are courageous people who are willing he is the one that saves us and sets us free because i can experience the satisfaction of god in the middle of the deepest valley are you all grabbing a hold of this today So if you're interested in attending that, that again is April 24th and 25th. It's a Friday. Uh, we'll probably be going down about noonish and then coming back uh, around maybe 2, 3 o'clock, depending on um, how long you guys want to stay there. And we'll be back home for uh, Sunday morning service. Uh, if you're interested, just talk to me. We do have a little bit more information back on our welcome board. Um, but I would love to have you. It's a really good time. The, the cost of the event is already paid for, just figuring out food and then a place to stay overnight. But uh, we could figure that stuff out as a group as we need to. One last thing before we uh, release the kids. March 23rd at our Evangelical Free Church in New Folden. Uh, they're hosting what they're calling a Helping the Hurting, Creating a Caring Community. And uh, if you are helping anybody who is struggling with any kind of hurts, uh, hang-ups, those kinds of things that they're struggling with, uh, this is for parents, this is for grandparents, this is for teachers, this is for anybody who works with people who might be hurting. Uh, they're hosting an event where they're going to have a whole bunch of different people coming in presenting um, about how we can help the hurting. And so if you're interested in that, I have information on the backboard. Um, everything is free. There's even going to be supper and child care. Uh, everything is going to be taken care of there. It's Monday, March 6th. Uh, don't really know how late it's going to go. Depends on how long the conversation goes, but probably about 8, 830 is how late that'll go. And then lastly, uh, if you uh, are wanting to donate today, we have a donation box in the back. We also have a place where you can give online as well. And we appreciate your your help because without that, we can't make a difference in northwest Minnesota. So we appreciate all of you who give so sacrificially. We appreciate it very much. Uh, March 23rd. <coughs> 23rd. Sorry if I messed that up. All right, Extreme Kids, you guys get out of here. Have some fun. Make sure you're loud. We love you guys. All right. Um, let's all stand up and worship the Lord again before uh, 
That hour of sleep catches up with us, right? (laughs) I rebuke my flesh in the name of Jesus. We will worship you with all of our heart and soul and strength this morning. In Jesus' name. When my hope and strength is gone, you're the one who calls me on. You are the life, you are the fight that's in my soul. Oh, your resurrection power burns like fire in my heart. When waters rise, I lift my eyes up to your throne. We are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our God, our conqueror. I will sing into Jesus risen and on high, greater is He living in me than in the world. No surrender, no retreat, we are free and we're redeemed. We will declare over despair, you are the hope. To sin or to shame, we are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our God, our Through Christ, 
Your presence 
Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence. Nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your Tasted and seen of the sweetest of lies Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware. Of your presence, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness.
Jesus, you're my hope and stay. 
when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you. song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. remember how much we need you every hour help us to resist temptation to remember that you are our righteousness 
We're not righteous without you at all. Not in ourselves. Thank you for that free gift, Lord. decision to each other and a commitment that divorce was not an option for us no matter what it's just not an option it's not an option to to throw in the towel there was a few times that I was going to give up and I honestly because at that time we didn't have Christ in our marriage and I don't know what kept me there honestly like it was just this tug that I was supposed to be with this person to throw it all away just seems uh, like a poor decision who am I to say, well, things aren't going so great now I walk? You know, if, if, I, if we're going to be together, we're going to be together in the good times and the bad times. That's just the way it's going to be. We have, we have no doubt that we're going to make it till we're old and have canes and wrinkles and yep. hemorrhoids. Yep. <laughs> you need to find something every single day in the other person, that you, a positive thing that you can say about that person. Because when all you do is focus on all the negative things in your relationship, you're going to be down that road of destruction. We made a willful choice. You know, we were going to get through this and, and um, stayed faithful to God. And sometimes when we weren't so faithful to God, He was still so faithful to us. And God didn't give up on us. I, at, at no point, we, you stood in front of God and you made a vow. And, and God made a vow to, to each and every one of us. And, and He's been faithful. Um, we owe Him at least that to, to, to stick it out because all things are, are possible through Christ. Um, it may feel like you can't do it. You probably can't, but, but he can. That's good. Well, this is our final week on our series uh, for marriage. Now, again, if you're visiting today or you uh, haven't been here for the whole series, I understand that this might be like, oh, this message isn't for me. I'm not married. Don't plan on being married. Well, a lot of these principles that we've learned during this last four weeks and now our fifth week this week can be applied to any relationship that you have where it's more than just, hey, how's it going? Any kind of relationship that you have, you're going to go through a lot of these things that we've talked about. And so today, uh, as you can tell, we're going to be talking about staying committed in the difficult seasons that any relationship will go through. So these these tools you can apply to anybody today uh, that you have, that you won't give up on them, that you will stay faithful to your friendships, your family, and of course, uh, this being all pointed towards the spouse. Now, if you haven't been with us, let me quickly go over the last four weeks so that you get caught up to where we are. Because honestly, without the very first week, all these other weeks that we've talked about really don't matter. The very first week, we talked about how we are going to, together with our spouse or with our significant other, we're going to seek God first. That's where everything is based off of, is our relationship with God. If we're not seeking Him first through the Word and through prayer... Uh, we're fighting a battle on our own. So we're going to seek God first in our marriages and in our relationships. The second week we talked about conflict. Now, pretty sure everybody in here today probably has had conflict. If you've been alive for five years or more, 
You probably have had conflict and you can remember it very clear going back to childhood. If you have a brother or sister, you remember a lot of conflict. So we can all gain an understanding that conflict is normal. It's part of life. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have arguments. What makes or breaks a relationship is how we respond to our conflicts. Will we use it to better our marriages, our friendships, our relationships at work, or will we use it or allow it to destroy our relationships? Healthy marriages figure out how to use conflict in a positive way, going towards the goal of being better. The third week, we talked about having fun. Now, again, we're talking about marriages, the importance of having fun in marriage is very important, but it's important in every relationship. What brings you together with another person? Usually it's because you enjoy doing something together. Either you enjoy the relationship of just the conversations that you have over a cup of coffee or whatever you like to drink. You just you, you enjoy being around that person. You agree with that person. You're. Dislikes those things. So you have great relationship around that topic. So we have to have fun again. And if you found that your relationships with people, especially your spouse, is kind of getting dry, losing that 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 oomph it once had, I want you to spend time talking about what you enjoy. And then, of course, part of having fun is doing stuff that you enjoy together. So we need to focus on that fun in our relationships. Will you dedicate? A piece of your life to just having fun, forgetting about everything, making time for having fun. It's absolutely important. Well, last week, then, we talked about purity. Nobody likes to talk about purity. That was my least liked, and I definitely did not enjoy the faces that I saw out in the crowd last week as I was talking. Everybody has this, like, purity. It's not a fun thing, but it's so important because purity, your your level of commitment to, to God's ways will reflect on your relationship with him and especially with your spouse or your significant others. Your purity impacts your connection with God and others. And God didn't create these, these, all these rules in the Bible that we read about to, to make you feel like garbage, to beat you up, to tear you apart. It's to help you line up with, with what is his best. So we committed last week to staying pure. And then this week we're going to be talking about never giving up. Now, whether you are married or not, dedication or commitment is so important because in our day and age, we have an easy come, easy go relationship with everything. I can drop anything. And what difference does it make? If I want to quit my job tomorrow, I can. Why? Because there's other jobs out there and I can get employed and make enough money to take care of my family. Right. If you guys um, have friendships that just don't work out, you had enough of that person, that idiot. You can say, see you later. I've had enough of you. There's thousands of other people in this world and they're all a click away. I can connect to anybody. So it's easy come, easy go. That's not what God has called us to. Commitment's important. And so today we're going to be talking especially about how the fact that God brought you together. Your marriages, your relationships with your coworkers, your neighbors, your family members, God brought you together. He puts you on earth at this time in this massive history of this eternity that exists. He puts you on this earth for this time with these people for a purpose. And if he brought you together, 
He will empower you to stay together. It's like that statement. And I'm going to be repeating that hopefully over and over and you'll get it by the end of today's message. God brought you together and he will empower you to stay together. However, you have to commit to allowing him to empower you. He will not force you to do anything. You have to allow him to empower you. And so I'm so excited about this message. This is one of those things that I'm really passionate about. Commitment is something that was passed down from my family, and it probably just goes back forever. It is probably just a stavos thing that they just continue to pass out. It's commitment. You don't give up. You don't quit. You stay to it, even if you're dying and bleeding and you just have nothing left. You just don't give up. And so I'm passionate about this, and I I believe that we have to have this mentality that no matter what, we're going to stick this through. And obviously, I realize that probably many of you have that same mentality, but I'm here to encourage you today not to, like, force you into this. And and if you're wondering what we're going to be talking about next week, just a kind of a preview of next week, I've been so excited. I already have next week's message done because I'm really, really excited about it. So uh, we're going to be talking about the... Famous five phrases that Jesus talked, before, talked about or said before he went on the cross or during his time on the cross. And so, of course, we're leading up to Easter. And I really encourage you, before we get into today's message, I really want to encourage you to invite people to this series. Because these are Jesus' own words. And his words are life-giving. And I want to really see people transformed. And so if you have family members or co-workers or neighbors who need to hear they don't go to church somewhere invite them to this because this is this is something that will change their life and i'm really believing in it and so invite them i got some really cool powerful videos that i'm going to be sharing with it and uh and of course we're going to be uh, encouraging people to come to jesus in this series so I encourage you to come and bring family and friends and so before we start today i want to make something very clear we're talking about commitment And I realize in a room like this with many, many backgrounds, we have so many different people coming from so many different angles, and we have all sorts of ages in here. Two things that I really want to to drive home before we get into this topic of commitment. And number one, that is if if you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever, this message is not meant for you to say, I'm going to I'm going to stick this through if there is abuse going on and whether you're here or online or wherever abuse is never okay. Emotional, physical, get out. I just want to make that very clear. Abuse is not okay. And so if you or your family are in jeopardy of abuse of some kind, that's not something that you should stick to it. Okay, this, this message is all about commitment, sticking to it. But if there's abuse, you need to get to safety. It's not worth risking your own life or getting trapped into a cycle. So that's number one. Number two thing I want to make clear is some of you in here today have experienced divorce or maybe you've experienced separation in your life. And and a message like this is going to be really condemning in a sense. The enemy wants to destroy any kind of hope you have or any kind of joy you have. and, And he can use good words Life-giving words to tear you apart. The enemy likes to twist the truth and beat you up. And this message is not about uh, telling somebody that because you had a divorce, now you're a horrible person. That's not what this message is about, okay? And so I want to make sure that those two things are, are clear as can be. Divorce 
That's something that happened. You can't take it back, right? You have to seek God, get forgiven from him, and move on. That's the past. It's time to, from this day forward, as this series is called, move on in freedom with Christ. Now that we got that settled, I want to ask you a question to begin. If, if you are married, how many of you would say, I'm getting ready, you better be ready to lift up your hands. How many would you say that you married someone who is absolutely opposite from you? I didn't even get my hand raised first, but I can honestly say, and that's a lot of you, you married somebody that's different than you. That's good. That's good. How many of you would say you're different in a lot of ways? Ha, I was the first one now. A lot of ways. Okay, good. So we're all on the same page. Many of you understand where I'm coming from. You know, they say that when you're dating, opposites attract, right? How many of you have heard that, right? That's a pretty common phrase. Opposites attract, but once you're married, opposites attack, right? When you're dating, opposites attract. It's like, oh, that person's so perfect. They're so cute. Oh, man, I wish I was like that. But then you get married and it's like World War III just started the moment they walk in the door. It's unbelievable. You understand what I'm saying, I, I think. Many of you, you would say, I'm the punctual ones. Anybody in here say you're the punctual ones? And how many of you would say you come whenever you eventually get to the, yeah. So there's a couple of you. I'm the punctual one. My wife is not. Um, anybody like to plan ahead? Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Probably the same people that are liking to be the punctual ones. Um, and then anybody, anybody, the savers, savers and any savers. I, I am. What what I've been called in the past is a tightwad. If you know what that phrase means, it means I don't like to spend anything. And uh, my wife is not. And so there's been conflict. I mean, those three right there define my wife and I to the T. I like to be on time. She comes whenever. The party will come when she shows up. And that's just the way it is, right? Like, I'm the one who's waiting there. Um, it started 20 minutes ago. What are we doing, right? Okay. So we have differences. The problem is, is what is so attractive after a period of time, it starts to push you away. And it's fun to joke about, but it's not so fun in the day to day, is it? It drives you insane. It can even make you feel like you want to give up, like it's not worth it. And I often think about, you know, how my wife and I, we just constantly in friction. And then I think to myself, what if I was married to a person like myself? And I'm like, no, I'm thankful I'm married to somebody who's different. I would never want to be married to a person like myself. But what causes this, these marriages, these, these relationships to go from you're buying the biggest stuffed animals, all the chocolate, all the expensive jewelry, to you're arguing and then you're talking about divorce and who gets everything from what's in the kitchen to what are you doing with the kids? Like, where, where does it go from that to that within sometimes three, four years? How do we get there? And, of course, last week we talked a lot about purity and what has led us to, to this world where anything goes. And a lot of those things apply to commitment as well. But... One thing that I really want to focus on today is 
what we call covenants and contracts and the difference. And I want to propose to you today that in our world today, marriage has become kind of like a contract. What do I mean by a contract? A contract is simply something that you have to write up because you don't trust someone. Right. For instance, you buy a car. You have a contract, right? You have a contract that says I will pay back what this car is worth. And I sign my name and there you go. We're in contract that car dealership cannot trust that you will pay it back unless you sign that. And they can say, "Okay, if they don't fulfill it, I can take them to court and get my money back. Somehow you do it with houses, you do it with cars. Sometimes people even do it with jobs. You sign a contract, you sign a contract sometimes for for school. You're going to fulfill these payments. And if you don't. You're going to get in trouble. You might be thrown to prison, so on and so forth. So a lot of people think of marriage that same way. We've been kind of lulled into this belief that 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 marriage license, it's easy to get and it's easy to go to court and rip it up and say we're done. It can it can be so fast. It can be so easy. And we have this mentality that as as long as you make me happy. That license can stay right there where it's at. But the moment you start not making me happy and you start doing things that I don't like, all of a sudden, it, maybe we should just get rid of it. It's not easy. And I know it's a lot more complicated than that, but that is the, the baseline mentality that we have with this contract. There's, there's this mutual distrust that we have, and we have to have a contract. But marriage is not a contract. I don't believe that that is God's desire for your marriage, for any marriage, for that matter. He's created a better way, and that's a covenant. Now, a covenant simply is based on mutual trust. There's no signing of a paper that says, if you don't follow through, I'm going to take you to court, or this is what's going to happen. This is a commitment based upon what you are going to do, not what the other person is going to do. What you are going to do now in Hebrew, the word translated is barith. Anybody know what that means? Probably not. It means cutting. There's a cutting. Now, if you've ever read the Old Testament through um, where God and Moses are and, and a lot of patriarchs, you see this, this. There's a lot of blood, right? I mean, first and foremost, if you if you want to read some gory things, just read the Old Testament, especially the Pentateuch. You see some pretty interesting things you could get lost pretty easy because they're talking about a lot of bloody things but the way that god made a contract with many of the uh, the patriarchs is he would cut for instance a bull in half and then particularly with people they would walk to it through that split bull together cut up all nasty blood everywhere and they would go back and forth seven times, and this is what they would say. They would say, if I break my covenant, may what happened to the bull happen to me. That's some pretty serious stuff. If I break my commitment, my covenant with whoever, with my spouse, with the person I'm coming in agreement with, if I break that, in essence, I'm dead. It's on me. It's not on that person. It's on me. 
I'm making the covenant with that person that I will stay to what I promised. That's some serious things. Serious business. But let me remind you that God brought you together and he will empower you to stay together. Listen to Jesus' own words. I find this absolutely powerful. Now, I read it last week and I said, hold on to it because we're going to come back to it. And so here we are today. Matthew 19, 3 through 6 says, some Pharisees came to Jesus to test him and they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Now, understand in in this context, it wasn't OK for a, a woman to divorce her husband. Only men could divorce their wife. And it was unfortunate at that season. Thankfully, it's not this way anymore. But women were treated as property, not much better than their prized cattle. Right. It was property. It wasn't right. But that's the way it was. And so that's what the Pharisees asked. Is it lawful for any and every reason? And Jesus replied, haven't you read? And now he's quoting from Genesis 2. That at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. God brought you together and you become one. You can't tell one from the other. They're no longer two, but one. Listen to this. This is. God's desire for your marriage. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. No one. No one but, as we say in our vows, death will part us. No man. No woman. No enemy. No disagreement will separate us. Now, this week, during the week, I superglued. You might not be able to uh, see it, but I got yellow on one side, purple on the other side. Go Vikings. Thank you very much. And um, I glued them together. Now, tell me, uh, these are, in essence, one now. They're they're stuck together. What happens when I try to tear these apart? Struggle? Destroy it. I like that one. That's that's my kind of guy. Right. Like, well, there goes that piece. That didn't work very well. I'm I am trying on my own to. This is not working at all. Um, Trent. Oh, whoops. That was really not supposed to happen. My goodness. I feel like I'm in kids church again. Okay. well, I think I, I wrecked it good now. I don't have another piece to try to rip off. Well, the point is, it's impossible. And if you try to unone what God made one, it just destroys it. Why? Because those two entities or that man and woman have become one. When you try to tear them them apart, it, it destroys it. It rips it apart. It's pieces. You will no longer be the same. And for many of you in here today, you absolutely understand that feeling. You know what that feels like. You've experienced it or you've seen your parents go through it. So many people understand that feeling. You are never the same. 
I honestly cannot understand because I've never experienced that in my own life. But I know many people have and and I've seen it wreck people, tear people apart. And you're not the same because, in essence, you're trying to tear apart what God brought together. And as Andy Stanley did say it, I already quoted it, but you can't unone what God made one. It was God. And so we understand that that covenant is different than commitment. This is something that you promised to God and to your spouse that you would not break. And if you do break it, you fully understand that you're never the same again. And so the question that I always have when I talk about this is, what do you do when you've stuck it out and you don't have the feeling anymore? You've, you've tried. You know, we, we've talked about seeking God together. We've talked about fighting fair. We've talked about having fun. We've talked about, you know, I'm working on staying pure. I'm trying to follow these, these five commitments. I'm trying to stick it out. How, how do I hold on? Because I'm not feeling it. And that's what we want to, to finish off this series. Is I want to talk about how do, we, how do we stay in it for the long haul. For those of you who are married or those of you who have relationships that are maybe not where you want them to be right now. Whether it is a, a, a spouse or it is a friendship or a parent daughter or son relationship how do you stick to it and i want to read to you galatians 6 7 through 9 this passage for the last two years has been one that i have absolutely held on to in my professional life and in my relational life as well and i i, I encourage you to take a picture or write down the passage and memorize this baby Especially Galatians 6, 9. This has become a memorized verse for me that I hold on to. I've had it on my board for a season where I just look at it every day. And this is Paul to the Galatians where he says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from the sinful nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. <laughs> Easy for him to say. No, not really. Actually, he's probably in prison when he's writing this, right? Like, don't get weary in doing good. I think for some of you today, I, I'm just going to stop right there for a moment. You need to hear that. Don't stop doing good. What you know is right. Even though you want to, even though every feeling inside of you says it's not, it's, it's, it's a lot better over there. If you just give up and you go across over there into that whatever world that you're looking at that looks better than where you're at right now, don't stop doing what you're doing that you know that God says in His Word to do. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Love your enemy. Love your neighbor. God's called you to where you're at. Don't give up. Why? He goes on and says, For at the proper time, 
But we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, those of you who know anything about gardening or farming, you know that if we plant an apple seed, we're not going to get an orange seed, right? We reap what we sow. And so if you are constantly sowing defensiveness with your relationships or anger, what are you going to get back in that relationship? The same. Probably worse because usually you don't get the same. You get something worse in return, right? Anger begets anger. Pain begets pain. Just you reap what you sow. And so in your relationships, again, don't give up doing good. I realize five years, ten years, for some of you, twenty years you've been working on your marriage or 40, 50, 60 years. You've been working on your marriage and it's like, man, I'm waiting for that harvest. (laughs) Like, I've been doing good. I've tried. I haven't been perfect. And God's not asking you to be perfect today, okay? Understand that. God isn't saying you've got to be perfect all the time. You've got to be seeking him with your spouse all the time perfectly. You've got to be using that conflict, that time of, of, of disagreement with your spouse. You always have to be using it for good. Like God's not up there saying, because you messed up one time, you're going to reap what you sow. But when your heart is set and you want to do right and you want to do good and you put that effort in, you will reap a harvest. This is a promise from God. He doesn't go back on his promises. And I put down on there two important things that, oh man, these are just good. This is from Andy Stanley. He says, the harvest depends on the seed you plant. Isn't that good? Harvest depends on the seed you plant. Think about that. If you're planting good over the long haul, more good than bad, you're going to reap good. This is the way God ordered the world, right? And then lastly, Craig Rochelle says, if you don't like what you're getting, look at what you've been giving you don't like what you're getting, look at what you've been giving. Oh, that's God. I wish I would have came up with that, but I'm not that smart. If you don't like what you're getting, look at what you've been giving. And then secondly, on this thought of staying committed, not giving up, is you reap where you sow. Think about that one. That's, that's a little different, right? A little spin on the words that we always talk about. You reap what you sow. You reap where you sow. Think about that. If I plant my good old apple tree over here, and I'm expecting an apple tree, but I think that is going to grow over there. Not highly likely that it's going to grow over there. It's going to grow where I plant it. Okay, and in our lives... Where do we spend a majority of our time, our resources, our finances? I always like to say this. I don't know where I've heard it, but it's just been something that's been uh, sown into me over the years. This statement, look at your calendar. Where are you spending your time? And look at your checkbook now. We don't have probably checkbooks as much anymore, but look at your bank statement and see where is your resources going to. Chances are that's where you're putting in your greatest effort, right? Wherever you're putting in your greatest effort is where you're going to reap a harvest. 
Think about that. So if you're putting in a majority of your time at a hobby, say it's, I mean, a popular thing nowadays with young adults and teens is video games, right? Or even phones. If you put in a majority of your time into those devices, where are you going to reap a harvest? In those devices, right? If you're going to, for the older ones, myself included, if you give a majority of your time to your job, you're probably going to be a great employee, right? Hopefully, if you try really hard, they're going to like you for the most part, as long as you meet the standards of whatever they make. If you put your efforts into your job, from your job, you will reap a harvest. You will probably go up the ladder at that company. You'll get promoted, get more money. They'll reward you. It goes that way for our life with our family. If we're putting all of our time into our job, our hobbies, and the leftovers get put on our family, our church, our time with God, whatever it is, you will reap a harvest where you plant. And that to me was just something that I really wanted to, to just, hmm, just wanted to get rid of that part of the message. I didn't like that. Maybe, maybe it is going to hit you harder than it does for other people. But for me, oh, I just thought of this. If you, if I do not set my priorities or your priorities where they belong in our marriages, in our families, in our time with God, don't expect our relationship with God or our families to be strong. It's just the, the basic principle of reaping and sowing. If we're not putting our greatest efforts to what matters most in our life, we shouldn't expect a reward from that. So where are your greatest efforts going? And I believe everybody in here today would agree. My number one priority is Jesus first. My family second. And then my job and hobbies. And I challenge you to look seriously into that and say, what I believe, is that what's real in my life? Am I living it out? And as the worship team comes back up, that's just my, my closing thoughts to you. As we sum up this series into one thought, it's this. Our marriage, as, as good as as we decide it to be. Our relationships are as good as we decide them to be. It's on you. It's on me. If I want a strong marriage, will I do these five commitments? And as a worship team sets up, I ask if you would stand up. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to say our marriage is as good as I Decide it to be. I'm going to put that as I. And so I will. And I'm going to have you say, seek God first. I will say our marriage is as good as I decided to be. So I will seek God, God first. All right. Our marriage is as good as I decided to be. So I will seek God. I will fight fair. fair. Our marriage is as good as I decided to be. So we will have fun. Our marriage is as good as we decided to be, so we will. 
And our marriage is as good as I decided it to be. So we will never give, never up. give up. Remember, friends, God brought you together. He did. Your marriage is no accident, no matter what you think or how hard it is. It's not an accident. God put you here at this time for a purpose. To glorify him through your marriage, through your jobs, through your church and your involvement. You're here for a purpose and he will empower you in wherever you go from this day forward. Father, I pray as we go into this time, Father, I realize that <laughs> these kind of messages are, are challenging and sometimes even a little convicting, God. But Lord, here's what I know about you. You will not and you do not leave us powerless. You do not leave us beat up or feeling ashamed. That is the enemy that desires to do that. You are here to give us life and to give it abundantly. You desire us to walk out of here feeling empowered. That these five commitments that we're making to, to seek you, uh, to fight fair, to have fun, to stay pure, to stay committed, Father, those are hard. But with you, they are not impossible. In fact, they are absolutely possible. And so, Father, we're going to come full circle in this message and come right back to you again where we started. And we're going to seek you first. Because, God, from you, we will have power through the power of your Holy Spirit. So, Father, I pray for every person who is here today listening to these words, God. I pray that they will not walk out of here feeling powerless. But, God, that they will seek you and ask you to give them the power to stay pure, to stay committed, to have a little bit of fun. And to turn those fights into a positive thing for their marriages. God, send your Holy Spirit now, God. Give them hope. Remind them that you are here and you're for them. In Jesus' name, amen.
leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Walk out of here 
with just a, a slight hope that things will get better in our relationships, or our marriages. Uh, Father, that you die. You sent your son to die so that we could have the power. That we could walk out of here knowing that there is hope that things will get better no matter where we're at. Even if we're in a good season, God, that things can't even get better. God, those who are for us are greater than those who are against us. And so no matter what we're facing today, no matter how steep it is or how thick of that wall that is, it seems like we can't get past that wall. God, you, you will empower us. And so, Father, we come back to you today through the name of Jesus Christ, your son, knowing that he took down every single wall that ever separated us from you. So that we can have power, God. We know that we'll walk out of here with everything we need to do battle. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go before your people today. Amen.